Hello, I'm Ken Bruce. I appeared as a guest on My Time Capsule, and after that I had to give up a job I'd had for 46 years. <sighs> anyway, they want me to tell you that they've started a thing called Acast Plus, where for a small monthly fee you can get the podcast ad-free. For me, I think the ad's are the best thing in it. That Fenton Stevens, he does drone on a bit. Anyway, whatever you like, do something and have a go at it. ACAS Plus, my time capsule. Thanks, Ken. Charming. Anyway, to get my time capsule ad-free and for a bonus my time capsule, the debrief episode every week, subscribe to ACAS Plus. Details in the description of this episode. Thanks. Bloody Ken Bruce, what a cheek. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hello, and welcome to My Time Capsule. My name's James Acaster. Well, it isn't, obviously, but we can all dream. No, my name's Mike Fenton-Stevens, and this is the podcast where I ask my guests to tell me the five things from their life that they would like to preserve in a time capsule. They pick four things that they're really keen to preserve, things that they cherish, but they also pick one thing that they rather regret, or in fact find rather unfair in their life, something they like to bury in the ground and never have to think about again. My guest in this episode is the actor and author Nathan Bryan, who is best known for playing Jamie Bennett in Some Girls, and of course Joey Ellis in Benidorm, which is where I first met him. He's appeared several times in the BBC comedy hit Ghosts as well, but he's also now a successful writer. His first book, Look Up, was published by Puffin in 2019 and was conceived jointly with the illustrator Dapo Adiola. It won both the Overall Award and the Illustrated Book Award at the 2020 Waterstones Children's Book Prize. His second book was called Clean Up. Nathan published his first play in July 2019 and called it Dexter and Winter's Detective Agency. And in March of 2021, he was chosen to be the first Puffin World of Stories ambassador. Yes, ambassador. Hmm, remember that title as we listen to Nathan Bryan's four good things and one bad thing for his time capsule. So I think the first thing that I'd put into my time capsule is that I've got, um, since I was about, I don't know, 16, I bought my first moleskin notebook. Yeah. And that I've forever 
basically every single day, pretty much since then, I've written a free write. You know what a free write is, where you just like um, you just put pen to paper and just get all the thoughts out of your brain. Right. And it's basically, I don't know. I think one of my best mates tried to get me into writing, and I think I wasn't always good at like communicating my feelings. I don't think I'm still that great now, mm. but um. I bought this moleskin. Every day I would write this free write about how I'm feeling, what my plans for the day are, how, like, just literally, like, vomit. <laughs> and I've got about 20 of them um, stored all over my house now. I'm actually weirdly petrified that someone could find them. So I don't know why the hell I'm putting them in a time capsule. <laughs> Safety, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, safety. And you know, maybe if the aliens do get it, they won't be able to read my terrible handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, I think weirdly, even though I don't like, um, I'm not really into nostalgia, or I'm not really into looking back too much. Mm. I love the idea of keeping them all, even though I'll never read over them because I'll just cringe until I die. <laughs> so, yeah, that's probably. The first one that I put in the time capsule, I think. So you actually, you write them down. You don't reread them. No. And when the book's full, you put it on the shelf and you start a new one. Yeah, literally, without fail, yeah. So it's like a free-form record of your life, really. Yeah, yeah. Like writing a diary, but very informal. Yeah, and I also, like, I also double them up for, like, I brainstorm some, obviously, I write. So Mm. I will, um, you know, I'll do a free write every morning. I'll start with a free write with my tea, whatever. And then I'll do all my brainstorming or doodles or whatever. So I try to um, literally put pen to paper every day. Mm. It just helps my brain. And also, because I struggle to say how I feel, um, it literally can just get it off out of my head or can help me work out how to say how I feel. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So do you worry then that you may have written something in there that you've missed or does the actual action of writing it down does that then make your brain suddenly go oh right yeah that's it that's what I need to do today I think I don't necessarily worry about that's what I need to do today it's more I could also just I just see it as mind vomit like, I don't <laughs> know about your mind but just like does stuff ever just stick there yeah like I like when I've got an idea for a book or film, whatever, if I keep that shit there for too long, I actually can't think of other stuff. My mind will just be like, all right, so we're just here. We're rocking with this. Same with like, if I've said something really anxiety inducing to someone, if I don't put that on paper, I will, for the next hour, I'm just like, okay, cool. We're just gonna, we're just gonna, we're gonna work out how I'm the worst person in the world or the best person. (laughs) So for me, it's literally diarrhea on a page and then I can move on and I don't read it because I write like Adrian Mole. Do you know what I mean? I sound like a damn nerd. So I'm just like, I don't want to start hating myself after what I've just read. So I just, however, there's been a few times my younger brothers found the book and read it out loud. And I, oh, oh my gosh. It's like, dude, grow up. Nathan needs to grow up. So has anything ever come out of it? You know, just opening your brain like that, opening your mind. Oh, Have you ever done that and gone, oh my God, that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah, a few. Well, it depends. I mean, I'll be lying to say, like, it depends. So the brainstorms I do literally is like a circle, and then I'll do all the threads off. But I can do that for like four or five pages of just like (laughs) basically. So when I wrote my one of my books, I just put a circle in the middle of the page, and I put the the idea of the title, and I just start 
I just don't stop. The page just doesn't stop until it's completely filled. And then with the free rights, I would have to be honest, they're just full of shit. I talk shit. <laughs> and there's a couple of times my girlfriend's found them and she's just been like, why didn't you say that to me? Because if you said that to me, you wouldn't have been in trouble then. You could have got yourself out of trouble, but instead you wrote it in your diary and I was like, oh shit, damn. See, now I've worked out why I don't have a moleskin book. I just say things. Oh, I'm jealous of that. I think of things, I say them. I'm really, that's something that I, every year, I write a list. I'm clearly just, I love lists. <laughs> and I write a list of things I want to be more or, 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 or I'm happy with. And always on the top of that list is say how you feel. Say how you feel. Because I'm always just like, oh no, it's fine. Absolutely fine then. <laughs> Boy, this world could read these moleskins. You'd you know some stuff. <laughs> I love it though. It's, it's just my, um, it's just the way, I don't know, my little brain works, how, how to keep it working. Lovely, Nathan. That's your first item into the time capsule then, is your moleskin freeform notebooks. Yeah. I won't let anybody else read them. Yeah, please don't put a lock on that shit. Okay. Let's do number two. Number two, my second item, right, are my popper trousers. So basically, my mum, when I was, I don't know, maybe like 10 or 9, mm-hmm. bought me these like popper trousers. You know, like those Adidas like tracksuits? Yeah. And they used to have buttons down the side of the leg. I think the Spice Girls had them because I used to love the Spice Girls. <laughs> and like, you could unpop a few of them to show a little bit of skin. Do you know what I mean? And basically, she bought me these popper trousers that obviously I love the Spice Girls. I think Sporty Spice used to rock them. She bought them for me and I thought these trousers were like the most incredible trousers of my entire existence. <laughs> and there was a girl at a drama class in uh, primary school that I used to really fancy. So the minute my mum bought me these trousers, I was like, I'm going to wear these motherfuckers to drama. I'm going to wear <laughs> these popper trousers to drama class and I'm going to impress the shit out of everybody and her. The only problem was that in the drama class, once people realized they were popper trousers, they were popping these trousers. But the problem is they could unpop all the way up to your boxers <laughs> and then it would take ages to then repop them in. So every time I'd get like, I'd, I'd be sat there doing a drama workshop. One of the, like, the boys who was trying to mug me off would come up and unpop both the sides of buttons. So then basically you can see all my leg and my little skinny pants. And then basically I have to spend the next five to 10 minutes popping them down again. And so I think (laughs) the reason I want to put those in my time capsule is A, to show people my immense style at a young age, which, you know, (laughs) was above and beyond. Which was above and beyond. And, you know, it was like, if I had popper trousers now, everyone would think they're really cool. I do have a popper top, actually. But I stopped wearing that because after I told my girlfriend the story, she unpopped the top in a restaurant and I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm sick of people. So, um, oh, if only Emma Bunton were here. Yeah. Honestly, honestly, she would have gone that man. Look at those trousers. See, mm. see, that's all I wanted. I wanted someone to just put some respect on my name, but actually I was disrespected. constantly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love the innocence of your little 10-year-old self thinking when I wear these to school, everybody's going to find them so fantastic and not to realise that boys would immediately come up and go, if I pull it here, does it? Oh, it does come right undone, yeah. And it goes all the way up. And and also, fortunately for them, it's actually really rewarding when you unpop them 
So it's like when you do it, they make like a. Yeah, I bet. You know what I mean, yeah. So the bullies was really not only mugging me off, but actually feeling satisfied. It's like popping bubble back. So yeah, it was just honestly, honestly. But if anybody would like to send me a pair of proper trousers, I would really appreciate that. Okay. But at least you know that all those bullies have now got the weirdest fetish. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hope. I hope now when they when they sat on the train and they see someone with proper trousers and they're in their like mid thirties or whatever, they just want to sit on their hands because they just want to go up to them. But you get arrested. <laughs> get arrested. Oh, fantastic! But I'm going to divert slightly here then into the fact mm. of how long did your Spice Girls obsession last? Oh man, like it was a big obsession. Like I would say from like year three or year four to the, at least year six. And then I think as I was going into year seven, obviously you can't really, unless you are just trying to get your ass beat, you can't, you can't admit that. That's not, so I might hear Spice Girls when I was in year seven and tap my foot, but I was never gonna, you know, bust a two-step because mm. I'd be in trouble, you know. But yeah, I love them. Tell me you love them. You I do, them. I did love them. I think they're great. What a great band. I still love them. Yeah. And not only that, um, I am uncredited, but I am in the Spice Girls movie. Whoa. Yeah, I know. That's big. What were you doing in the Spice Girls movie? I was filming something at the BBC with an actor called Gary Olson. Okay. Who is sadly dead now and was a oh, very, okay. very funny and very nice man. And he was a friend of Emma Bunton's and they were filming the sequence where the Spice Girls turn up in the great big bus at the BBC yes. and great crowds come charging towards them. Iconic. And they were on a lunch break and she came into our studios and shouted, Oi, Gary! From the gallery upstairs. And he went, ah, you're tart. And I went, <laughs> my God, it's one of the Spice Girls. <laughs> then the rest of the Spice Girls came in. So we stopped rehearsals. And when I had lunch with them, which was brilliant, I was very excited, as you can imagine. Wow. And then they said, we're going to do a sequence after lunch where everybody runs to the bus. You should come and be in it. Come and be in it. It'd be really funny. So I am in the sequence where great crowds of people rush towards the bus. I know the exact bit you're talking about. Mm-hmm. That's how many times I've watched that movie. I know the exact bit. Because that movie, that movie was brilliant yeah. as well. Yeah. I'm going to have to sort of uh, freeze frame it and see if I can find myself. Yeah, do, 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 do. <laughs> that's, that's so cool. That's so cool. Also, you had lunch with the Spice Girls. How was that? Uh, it was lovely. I didn't say much. Although I said I'm a man who I think of something, I say something. Occasionally, I realise that it's, it's time to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> let, let, let them do their thing. Yeah. Let them do their thing. I was hoping you were going to say, oh, you know, I was the pop of trousers guy in the movie or something like that. You know, <laughs> you, you were the guy with some pop of trousers, but, you know. No, Just no, me. I had proper trousers. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I should have had. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I should have had. It's very disappointing as a young man, isn't it, when you get something that you think is the bee's knees. Absolutely, this is it. And then it turns out not to be. I did the same thing. I was allowed to buy one pair of casual trousers for going on a school cruise. So, okay. Isn't that weird? I've never heard of a school cruise. What? Have you never? No. It's not as glamorous oh. as it sounds. Although we did go to the Canary Isles, so not bad. That sounds good. I think you were going to say Isle of Wight. That's <laughs> no. what I mean. But it was an old troop ship. It was a right state. Uh, it was very good fun. Anyway, we went on this thing and we had to wear our school uniform all the time. Yeah. So we had the school uniforms with us. I think probably for my two-week trip to the Canary Isles, I only had one school uniform. 
which is a bit disgusting, isn't it? Oh, mm. but you know what? You're young. It doesn't matter. Like, think of the things we did when we were young. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we ate insects, chill. Yeah. Just like, that's a worm. Easy. Eat that. Easy. Yeah. Wow. But I bought these trousers, but I was so excited. I bought them months and months in advance. And then I packed them very carefully. And the first night they said, you don't have to wear school uniform tonight. It's a casual night. You can wear your own trousers. I thought, great, this is it. And they were multicolored in stripes and they were really jazzy. You know? <laughs> and I got them out and put them on and I'd grown about four inches since I bought no. yeah, so they didn't fit. But you know what? That's stylish now. That's how everyone rolls their trousers now, rolled up. This is what I'm saying. So think, <laughs> if you were doing that now, you would literally, you'd be the kid. Oh, I could have started a fashion in 1972, couldn't I? Maybe you did. Maybe you did. Maybe you started what's happening in Shoreditch right now. <laughs> but your lovely popper trousers. They definitely go in. And also, it'd be kind of cool to see aliens in popper trousers. Like, how do they work that out? That would be kind of lit. But there's obviously a name for them. I actually don't know what the real name, but I just call them popper trousers. So how do you feel about the fact that, um, I don't know if you know this, but our mutual friend, Jake Canuso, yes. was at the wedding. I know. I saw this. This is what I'm saying. We know so many amazing people. Mm. I'm super jealous. That would be an amazing wedding. I don't think I've ever met a Spice Girl, actually. Uh. I don't know what I would do. I don't. I, and also, Jake used to um, dance for the Spice Girls. So, you know, I'm immediately impressed and jealous. And maybe I need to get him to teach me some of the dance moves from the Spice Girls video. <laughs> I'm mostly annoyed by the fact that he's still got the same physique as he had. I know. I know. I mean, like, just eat some carbs, Canuso. <laughs> I mean, get with it. Oh, dear. Okay, Nathan, lovely. That's your second item into the time. That is my second item. Okay, cool. So, I I think my third one. Sorry, I just said, okay, cool. Oh, sorry. No, sorry. I know. I just caught myself saying, okay, cool. <laughs> you know, that's all right. I think. Is it all right? You, know what? you did it so smoothly and you have such a, a an impressive voice. It just rolled off your tongue. <laughs> it just rolled off. It didn't feel goofy. I'll be honest with you. Okay. I'm, I'm not going to get away with this. Just say it again. Go on. Get used to it. Try okay. and just roll okay. it off a few times. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> Okay, that's cool, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you should make that part of your dialogue. <laughs> don't fight it because it just happened and you made it work. Not that I know what cool is, so let me not let me not do that. <laughs> be the judge of cool. <laughs> okay. All right, let's move on. Come on, let's move on to number three. Um, all right, so number three, basically, I call myself the unofficial slash official mayor of Shepherd's Bush because. I am the mayor of Shepherd's Bush, in my humble opinion. Mm. And so my third item would be um, a menu, a takeaway menu from my favorite Caribbean shop in Shepherd's Bush called Ochi. Mm. And it's like, honestly, I think it's magical. I actually generally do. It's been there forever. And people like Rihanna have been there. Beyonce has been there. All the people who's been there, they have their photos up with like a signature on. And the people who run it are the most gorgeous, beautiful Jamaican family mm -hmm. that makes stunning Caribbean food that has just taken me through highs and lows in my life. I know them really well. I wrote a whole play about this shop for the Bush Theatre. So I, I'd want to put that menu in because, oh, it's like anytime I'm back in Shepherd's Bush, I go there straight away, immediately, and I get my food. So, yeah, I put the menu in. From Ochi? Yeah, Ochi, yeah. If you're in yeah. Shepherd's Bush, it's right near Shepherd's Bush Market. 
Oh, right. So at the top end of the green. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so um, it's not, it's just before the green. So the Bush Theatre's there, the market's there. And if you walk a bit down opposite, away from the Bush Theatre, there's Ochi and it's usually got a queue. You can probably smell the jerk chicken wafting down the Uxbridge Road. Mm-hmm. It's honestly, it's a magical place. I actually, I will say that. It's magic. Yeah. Oh, I know that area well. I'm going to definitely try it next time I'm there. Do, do, really do. Yeah. It's fantastic, that part of London, though, isn't it? Is that where you're from? Yeah, Shepherd's Bush, I'm born and bred. Like, I I don't know. Like, I think, you know what it's like when you're just coming up and you're learning, like, about film and theatre and making your own work. You observe your community because that's all you have to make work. So I've shot, like, I basically I've shot everywhere in Shepherd's Bush. I've shot in every room in my mum and dad's house, hmm. every local park. Most of the shopkeepers around here know me because I've gone in and said, oh, can I film in your shop for 10 minutes? Like, I've really um, investigated this area. Like, I think when Grenfell happened, that, like, broke my heart, like, with Mm. everybody in this area. Like, from my old bedroom, you can see the tower. And, you know, yeah, it's just devastating. It was just all devastating. So I really, really, really love this place and the people who are here. And even though you can't be a mayor of Shepherd's Bush, because <laughs> it's in Hamilton and Fulham, so <laughs> um, I love it. It's an area of contrast, though, isn't it? Because the property prices in London are ridiculous. So some of yeah. the houses in Shepherd's Bush are multi, multi-million pound houses now, aren't they? Yeah. And yet that community still hangs on, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah, and I think like a perfect example of it is like Shepherd's Bush Market. And so the council at one point were trying to do like a, a, a popular market inside the market. So they basically put loads of um, market stalls to the side and they brought in all these bougie brands that sold like 50 pound candles and mm. whatever. And basically within two weeks, that whole thing was gone because <laughs> nobody went. Nobody went. No one wants your 50 pound candle. We go in there to buy like a, a knockoff shirt or a suitcase or, or some yam or whatever. Do you know what I mean? So it's a place of real purpose. And I think... A lot of the houses around here, a lot of the families, when we grew up in Shepherd's Bush, it wasn't, you know, my family have been here 30 plus years. Mm. It wasn't a multi-million pound house place. It was like, oh, it's not great. But now the houses are worth loads. So I think all the best areas in London generally have two different sides to it. Yeah, absolutely. If you name all those places in London that are interesting, Islington, Bermondsey, where I'm from, we know, so around that area, uh, that's now astonishing it's you know full of amazing apartments overlooking the river thames mm. but it it hasn't got what shepherd's bush has got which is that it hasn't got that great central community that has still survived and stays mm. there and still defines the area really one of the reasons why people choose to live in shepherd's bush is not because oh my god aren't they gorgeous houses but because they love that community and they love that atmosphere oh the community is i honestly it's gorgeous like I love it. I love the people. I love the faces. I love that there's like six chicken shops back to back. Like, and I know the difference between which one, which one I go to for what I need from which shop. Do you know mm. what I mean? So I honestly, this area to me means loads. And obviously I've moved to Manchester and I love it. And I've only been there literally a few months. And also I think, and I wonder what you're like as well. When you go somewhere, do you, I, when I live somewhere, I want to become the place. 
So like, I've just moved to Manchester and I'm like, all right, so I need to become the mayor of Manchester now. Like I just have to, <laughs> I have to become mayoral in this town. So let me work out who's who. Let me get friendly with the shopkeepers. I go to the same cap every day, hoping that they'll recognize me as a good customer. You know, mm. what about you? Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> My wife is always saying to me, how do you know them? I said, I don't. I don't. I know. I'm just talking to them. <laughs> That's what I have all the time. I'm walking down the road and my girlfriend's like, why are you waving at that person? Or why is that? <laughs> who is that person? I, or someone will stop us on the street and just be like, oh, da, da, da. they might know my mum's auntie or something like that. Or they might have just seen my big head walking down the street and they're just being nice. But whatever Shepherd's Bush has is magic. Mm. But and, and, you know, the gentrification like is really sad for sure. But I think as well, like, I don't know how you felt. There's, it's also, as you get older, you go, I'm against the gentrification in many ways, but that flat white was damn crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like when I first started getting into that shit, I was like, I was really against it. And then you have your first flat white and you're like, but that is, that's, that's crazily good. <laughs> yeah. Or you go, yeah, you know, but that Manhattan on the rocks for 15 pounds was crazy. Um yeah, I've got exactly that in Tunbridge Wells. Anybody who thinks of Tunbridge Wells, who knows about it, thinks of it as quite a posh place, very white, very Tory, and pretty stuffy, actually. But it's not like that at all, actually. It's got lots of quite young people in it because it's got really good schools. And it's not quite as Tory as it used to be. But I moved to the part of Tunbridge Wells, which has got, at the bottom of my road, is the mosque. And also there's all the charity shops and the takeaways I happen to live in a lovely little private road off that road. But I'm right there in what I would call the real part of the town. And then a little artisan baker's opened up. And then a lovely little fish shop over the road. And then a cafe around the... And and so you can see it happening everywhere. Yeah, and I think you can't lie to yourself, innit? I know I like a little bougie this and a little bougie that. But then I also love going back to Ochi... And that's real. That's the community. That's where it is. You know, I think I'm a walking, talking juxtaposition of what <laughs> this area is, but I just adore it. I adore it. Lovely. Well, the menu from Ochi will go into the time capsule. The food's amazing. Everything's good. FYI, aliens who are listening <laughs> or, or, or who have found our time capsule. Everything on the menu is good. You just have to make sure you get that early not too late because things do run out and of course the only thing that will survive well the only things be moleskin books and ochi yeah that's it that's it that is literally it <laughs> <laughs> brilliant okay we've got two more items to go in so what's number four okay it's time to take a short ad break now so bear with us and we'll be back in no time cheers Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash boast. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. 
With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back. Right, let's find out what else the actor and writer Nathan Bryan would like to put in his time capsule. Number four is a movie. And look, it's not critically acclaimed. I think, if anything, it's the opposite. It's like... um, What's the opposite of critically acclaimed? Uncritically acclaimed? Is that even a word? Has anybody said, come and watch this uncritically acclaimed film? <laughs> I think probably criticised. Criticised, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, this movie's been criticised heavily and, you know, there's good warrants for that. But um, it's um, a movie called Soul Plane and um, the basic premise is uh, Kevin Hart, um, the actor, well, he's not playing himself, but the character, I can't remember what the character's name is, but he gets um, on this plane with his pet dog and his pet dog's in the hold of the plane. And um, Kevin Hart goes to the bathroom and gets sucked down the toilet of this plane. <laughs> his butt gets stuck and something goes wrong and the chihuahua in the hold of the plane gets flown into the jet because all the luggage comes out and the chihuahua gets killed. Kevin Hart nearly gets sucked through the toilet and died. Anyway, he comes out and he sues the airline for $500 million. And he decides to make the first black airline. (laughs) (laughs) And it's called Soul Plane and Snoop Dogg is the pilot. So you can imagine what's (laughs) happening. You can imagine the sort of comedy. And basically, my mum got it on pirate DVD one day. She brought it home. Mm. And it's like a really big American black comedy, which is like larger than life and has loads of problematic stereotypes. Basically, when I was like, I don't know, 11 or 12, I watched it. I just watched it so many times. I was like, whatever those guys are doing... I want to do that. I want to make people laugh. I want to make people smile. And now I've rewatched the movie a few times and boy, it's problematic. But at the time, honestly, I just thought it was the funniest movie in the world and it could not get funnier. And I want everyone to watch it because, you know, I think it's funny. (laughs) It is difficult, isn't it? When there's something you love and then you look back at it and you go, oh, well, that's not a good joke. Yeah, I mean... I've seen a few shows like that that I loved as a kid and saw and was like, how did I laugh at that? But then it's all context, isn't it? Mm -hmm. When I was whatever age I was, I didn't know this is a problematic joke or that's a problematic joke. You just kind of laugh at what makes you laugh. And then, you know, once you get older and you understand those things, you know, I don't know. You know what it's like, comedy, it's subjective. And if something is funny, it's funny, isn't it? You laugh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. I've never seen Soul Plane. I want you to do a reaction video to the whole of Soul Plane. (laughs) I want want to watch you watch Soul Plane. That's what I think. I love the idea of it. 
So when's it set? Is it set in in the 70s? No, no. It sounds like it was, though. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? It's the word soul, I suppose, really. Yeah. Because I think of Shaft and things like that, those sort of films. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, and I'm thinking the fashion from that. Yeah. Those amazing sort of velvet suits and beautiful fedoras and stuff. Yeah. Well, do you know, weirdly, all the um, plane attendants were dressed in those sort of 70s, because it's set basically now of the time. Yeah. And... Yeah. It's just called Soul because they've just got loads of black famous celebrities in it. Like Snoop Dogg and like you name an odd black cameo, they're in there doing some crazy uh, shit. Um, I didn't mean it was made in the 70s. I didn't think Snoop Dogg was going to be it as a boy. <laughs> but again, I want to watch that movie as well. <laughs> <laughs> Snoop Pup. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that movie... I just think everybody has to watch it. No, actually, I don't. Actually, I don't. I take it back. Not everyone has to watch it. Don't. You don't have to watch it. It's what I want the aliens to watch. Yeah. I want that. All right. All right. Well, I'm going to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I should give a report because uh, I have to say, I tend to record the introduction and the mm. what I call an outro after we've done it. And it gives me time to watch this film and I can comment on it uh, when I say, <laughs> and I did watch that film. And Fucking hell, it's shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm 99% sure that you will do that. You will say that. <laughs> I met this really great producer and we had a meeting. And he asked me a question not many people ask at the end of meetings, which was like, I love to know what people's favorite film is. It really helps me understand them better <laughs> and like work out how we're going to collaborate as artists. And I told him my favorite film, Soul Plane. And I actually didn't hear from him for like two months. And I was like, he's watched it and he's gone, I can't work with this guy (laughs) because this movie is like, this is trash. But actually he emailed me back and then he was like, I watched it and uh, like, okay. (laughs) I felt very embarrassed. But then you can't be blamed for a decision you make when you're, how old would you say you were when you watched it? 10, 11? 12. 12 years old. At 12 years old, you're going to love jokes about farting. You're going to like fairly sexist jokes, I would imagine. Yeah, there was. There was a guy, a blind man. Uh, you might have to put a little one of those things at the starting of your podcast saying. Sexist material. Yeah. yeah, like there was a blind guy who was fingering a jacket potato because <laughs> um, <laughs> he thought that he was getting lucky on the fly. I'm telling you, this movie is, it's not even, <laughs> it's just, there was a couple who were having sex on the wheels of the plane as it takes off. <laughs> the plane's got hydraulics because, like, like those old school cars. Like, honestly, honestly, brilliant. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I'm definitely going to watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> Did I sell it to you on the jacket potato? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's my sort of sense of humour. <laughs> Something really disgusting like that. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Okay, Soul Plane, that's into the yeah. time capsule. So that's four items. So we've got one, really, that you want to get rid of. I would say it's not so much an item. It's more of like just a general life feeling. Mm-hmm. And I think we've kind of already touched on it. But just if I could delete the moments in life where I lack self-belief or the moments where and I don't know how I can unput this in my capsule, Maybe I'd rip out the pages from my moleskin or something where I lacked self-belief. So I would kind of unrip it. Because I don't know about you, but like making my own work in this game, 
so many times like, I've lacked the self-belief to kind of say I want to do that or say I want to try that mm-hmm. or putting somebody else first because I think they'll be better at it than I will or just not, not championing myself. Yeah. And I think whilst that is part of creating, it just upsets me. I hate it, man. No, I absolutely understand that because all the people I know who are fantastically successful, they're either incredibly talented and really, mm. really good at stuff and therefore rightly successful. Or they are the sort of people who say, yeah, I can do that. Mm. And people go, oh, okay. That's a skill. That's something I'm like, someone be like, who wants to do it? And I'll just be like, I'll do it? Question mark, question mark. Whereas it's in my head, I'm thinking about, can you do it? But is that person over there way better than you? But actually the truth is in life, it doesn't quite matter if, if that person is better than you, you just want to show your version of doing it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm learning. Yeah. But actually, it doesn't matter if someone's better at you. When I'm not sure that there is a better, that's the thing. Mm, exactly. That's nice. Different. Mm, that's a really nice way to think of it. Oh, good. Because I, I thought that for a long time now. You know, people say, well, he's, he's much better at that. And you think, well, not necessarily, not in an artistic thing. You can't really say better. I mean, mm. more people like it, therefore it's better. You know, does that make everything popular better than things that aren't particularly popular? I don't think mm. that can be argued. So it doesn't really work. I think that quite often, you know, the way you've been brought up will teach you to do that. Step forward and say, me, 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 I can do it. But I remember reading an article in a newspaper a long time ago written by Stephen Fry, the very mm. first guest on My Time Capsule. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant man. Yeah. And he wrote an article many years ago saying that, if someone wants to be a politician, they shouldn't be allowed to be one. If you say to Facts. someone, would you like to be prime minister? They go, yep, I'd be a great prime minister. Yeah, I'll do it. You say, then you can't. Yeah. What you want is the person who says, oh, no, no, I, I wouldn't be any. No, don't ask me. It'd be ridiculous. Mm. And you say, well, go and have a go. And they're the sort of people you want to be making decisions because they'll ask other people's opinions. Yeah. They'll collaborate with people. They'll be willing to change their mind. Mm. A thing that, you know, no politician seems to be willing to do. And it's madness. Yeah, I think that's an incredibly good point. I've also had that exact thought about armed police. (laughs) I think think if there is anybody who goes, do you know what I really fancy? Being an armed police officer. Don't give them a gun. Don't give them a gun. Don't even... And maybe even the same thing for police. It Mm. should be a thing of, like, actually... Because I think instead of it being about law and order, it should be about community and, you know, looking after each other. And actually, I wonder what the police force would look like if we all had to do it on a routinely mm-hmm. base. Uh, this, is, this could be a shit idea. <laughs> and I might really not believe what I'm saying. But just the thought that, like, you know, what if there was, like, bad example, but what if we all had to do it in our borough? We all had to do a police shift once a week. Mm-hmm. And we... I, I don't know. That's all I've got. I haven't thought too much into this. I'm backing out already. Delete it. Delete it. I'm out. You see, there, there you go. There you go. The very thing you want to get rid of. You've just done it. I know. It's a great idea. If everybody was involved in the policing and looking after everybody else, we would all be yeah. concerned about it. But we all turn away. We ignore it. We let things happen that we shouldn't let happen. We walk past people who are on the street with nowhere to live. Crazy. It's really upsetting. That article that Stephen Fry wrote sounds incredible. And I think you said a really good point about growing up. I think, yeah, I think that's a real important part. Like, obviously, my parents are really supportive and brilliant. But at the same time, I'm not from a world of like theatre or from the industry. So 
my parents are the sort of people who are just like, work hard and stay out of people's way. Do you know what I mean? Just work hard, keep the head down. So that's something I've always done. I will always work hard. But the idea of always jumping into a decision or always trusting my voice is something I need to work on more. Yeah. As you actually caught me out in the moment. Mm-hmm. Because they would have told you to be polite. That was it. That was be it. Be polite. It's not polite to jump in and say, me, me, me all the time. Absolutely. They're right. They are. But things shouldn't be divided up that way. Mm. Things shouldn't be decided on the basis of who's the first person to put their hand up. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the same with um, people who tell stories in general in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like you and I are in a great position where we get to speak to so many people, whether it be like you know, we're filming somewhere and we're sat in this bar and someone comes over to us and they tell you the most incredible, amazing, brilliant story you've ever heard. And you're like, you should, you should write that down. Nah, I don't want to, no one cares. No one gives a, and it's, it's the same, like that self-belief, that, that lack that their voice is worth something. Mm. I think everybody has. And I think sometimes we all need to help each other unlock that a bit more. Yeah. Cause that's where the greatest stories are. And I think that's the same with like unlocking diverse voices. And by diverse, I don't just mean black, whatever. I mean diverse age, ability, everything, mm. because they're the best stories we're ever going to have, <laughs> you know? Yes, yeah, I do. You're right. Great. Okay. Well, um, I shall banish that indecision from your life. Yeah. Thank you. I feel like I just banished it right now. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so what are you going to do next? What are you going to write? Oh, yeah, good point. What am I going to write next? You've got to write something, because let's face it, I've had the High Commissioner from Trinidad and Tobago on my podcast, and now I've got an ambassador. Wow. That's you, you twit. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, me. Hello, the ambassador. What's up? <laughs> yeah. You are, though. Are you the ambassador for Puffin Book? Oh, yeah, yeah, I am. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. See, this is what it's like living in my life. <laughs> yes, I am the ambassador of stories for Puffin. How brilliant. What does that mean? It means, basically, that my job is to help more people read and come to reading in school age. I've always struggled with reading. I still struggle with reading. I basically learned to reread recently if that makes sense like obviously i could always read mm. but i didn't take it in it was just like coming out the other way so now i'm learning to reread and obviously writing books got me back into reading them mm. and basically yeah i just want to my job as that title is to encourage more people to read and people who naturally wouldn't write uh, to write people who are dyslexic like myself or lack self-belief like myself encourage them to write mm. and read that's it so yeah that's funny <laughs> i totally forgot <laughs> <laughs> that's because your mum and dad taught you to be polite yeah that's it yeah can't be talking about me it's somebody important <laughs> Honestly, I was like, what are you talking about? Oh, Nathan, how lovely. (laughs) Oh, you dear man. Okay, well, thank you very much for talking to me about things you want to put in the time capsule. It's been lovely to talk to you. What a joy. (laughs) What a... I really appreciate you asking me. I love it. I'm a big fan of you. And um, (laughs) yeah, thank you. Thank you. Well, it's lovely to see you. Oh, you too, man. You have been listening to My Time Capsule with me, James, no, sorry, Mike Fenton-Stevens and my delightful guest, Nathan Bryan. 
please subscribe to this podcast if you enjoyed this episode, as we have lots of other episodes you might also like. Now, when you subscribe, you won't have to search us out. I mean, not that we're trying to hide. Far from it. But whichever podcast provider you choose to subscribe on will send you each new episode the moment it's released. And you can listen to it at your pleasure and with our pleasure. You can subscribe on Acast, through whom we make this podcast, or any of the others, like Apple Podcasts, through whom we don't make this, and Spotify, who we don't make it with either. Anyway, they all have us on there, so all those providers will give you the opportunity to rate the show, so we'd really appreciate it if you'd take a second to do that. And some of them allow you to write a short review, hopefully to encourage others to listen. You can also find out what's going on on My Time Capsule by following the podcast or me on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. I'm always going on about it, as you can imagine. Well, I love talking about myself. You can listen to and download the theme tune, composed and performed by Past the Peas Music, on Spotify. This was a cast-off production, and the producer was John Fenton Stevens. So, thanks for listening. I should imagine that, like me, you're all off to watch the brilliant film Soul Plane. And if that's not masochistic enough for you, try pulling your thumbnails out with a pair of pliers. I should imagine it's almost as much fun. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.